0: So good. Good morning on this December thirty-first Sunday of the month, the last Sunday of the month. This whole year, 2023, has just flown by, uh, and we are again saying Happy New Year to 2024. And uh, that's kind of cool. Hope it's going to be an amazing year. Uh, and I hope you're doing well. Hope your family's good. Hope you had a great Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Uh, God is in the business of making all things new, and I hope that He is going to make all things new with you. And I'm trying something new today. My uh, TV is gone, and I'm going to go with uh, the big screen. I'm trying to get the depth perception correct here, so if it's a little funky, uh, hang in there with me. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get it to look as good as we can. <laughs> this ain't getting any more. This ain't getting any better. So we're going to try to get it as right as possible. Uh, some things going on I want to let you know about. We are loving our city. I hope you're loving your city. I hope that's your goal this year. One of them is that you're going to get involved somewhere in your church or in this city, in your city, around your home, and, and make it better. Make it better. Impact your city for the Lord. Get out there. Go do something for God. In your community, will you do that this year? We are reaching. Uh, we are reaching for more in 2024. That's our goal—to reach for more, to want to do more, uh, to want to want to be more involved, to want God to use us in greater ways. And I hope that you're excited about this new year, and I hope that you're looking forward to some things happening this year. You, being involved in ways that you haven't. Uh, I really hope so. I hope uh, Jesus is going to be able to use you in ways he never used you before or you never thought he could. Um, So that's what we're doing. We're dreaming big. And uh, what we need to do this whole year, 2023, uh, our theme was um, dream big for God. Got it on our back wall right there. Dream big dream big for God, want to put some feet on those dreams and go out there and do something because they're not going to happen on their own. It's not going to happen. Next week, next week, the first Sunday of the new year, we're going to kick off a whole new theme on faith. It's called Your Faith Has Saved You. I'm looking forward to that theme. I'm looking forward to that little series, and uh, it'll be it'll be pretty cool. Today, today... We uh, finish up on our theme, Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. And we know that it's Jesus and Jesus alone that brings the joy. You can find temporary pleasure in the world. Uh, We find temporary pleasure in doing lots of things, playing sports, going to events, watching a movie, going to a concert. Those are all fine and dandy, but those are worldly joy and they kind of are very shallow we're we're looking for a deeper joy we're looking for a power and a peace and a strength that is only going to happen through the power of the holy spirit living in our lives and so we're going to finish up today on this topic oh the joy oh the joy it is a powerful word we're in the book of philippians and it's a powerful word, and I hope that this word in Philippians is challenging us, you and me, to go deeper, to look deeper, to dig deeper, to to grow deeper. And then our walk in Jesus will result in a deeper walk, right? That's the goal, is that that will happen, and that our joy will then be so much radically deeper in Christ. And our joy will not be influenced by circumstances in the world, things that happen to us, and things that happen around us. But our joy will be as solid and as steady as Jesus himself. That's my hope. That's, that's where Paul's at as we read these passages of scripture. This is where Paul is. He is living in Christ in the depth of power and joy because Jesus is deeply rooted in his soul. And it's Jesus that is holding him together. Paul has a lot of things to say, and we're going to look at two more passages of Scripture in Philippians uh, today. Uh, One we're going to dig into a little more. The the last one we're just going to kind of close with. And uh, these are so good, but these will be the last two that we kind of dig into a little bit this, uh, in this series. Uh, in your joy, in your joy in this new year, here's what Paul says. He says, shine. In your joy, in Jesus. It's not, it's not just for you. This joy that God gives us is not about us hoarding it for ourselves. This joy is about shining in the world. When the joy of Jesus and the Spirit of God is in us, things are going to happen in us that are going to bear fruit in the world. The world is going to see God alive in us. They should see the power of Jesus living through you. You will do things that you would never do without God. You would never do these things on your own. You never act like this. You never think like this. You never respond like this. You will only respond and act and think like this because Jesus is deep in your life. And Paul says, shine. So look what he says. He says, uh, first of all, he says, do everything, everything. Sorry about the Philippians up there at the top. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I, Paul says, I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Look at verse 17. But, Even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Man, God's desire is that we would shine, that we would shine like stars. In the universe, like you go outside on a dark, dark night with no spotlights, no street lights, no house lights, just you get somewhere where it's dark and you look up on a clear night and you can see zillions of stars just twinkling, shining. And with this dark background, you see those stars shining. As God looks on this earth, And he sees his children amongst the darkness of the world, they should and they must shine. We must shine. Paul says, You shine like stars in the universe that has light that his light, the light of God, would shine through us on this earth and that we would light up the area around us. So how do you shine? This is what Paul gives us here today. He gives us some ways that we can shine. Not the only ways, but these are solid ways that we can put into our lifestyle in our, our computer system, <laughs> you're right, and how we think and do that would cause us now to shine as we reach for more in 24 2024 how do we shine we well, look what Paul says he says verse 14 do everything without grumbling and arguing this is this is hard for people right this is difficult i mean some of us you know there's a there's a a, a facebook, facebook post out there and and it says this it's a it's a, it's a lady Yelling at somebody else, and they're yelling, and she says, I'm not yelling, I'm Italian. You know, sometimes, there's people who just, they just talk loud. And it seems as though they're arguing, or that they're bickering, or that they're, you know, raising their voice. Some of this is just normal behavior, right? But, we all know that there's a lot of people who just like to argue. You you can say the sky is blue, and they're going to say, no, it's not. And they're going to argue with you about that. So this is what he's talking about. Do, you don't have to argue and and you don't have to grumble about everything in life, okay? Stop that. In fact, when you do that, you don't shine. When you control yourself, you do shine. And so there's this general idea or sense of what this means, grumbling, grumbling. And arguing, and that is this disputing with other people, this constant disputing. I do this a lot. Like I find myself arguing over silly things, you know, just to kind of just to, sometimes it's just to have discussion, I think, and sometimes it's just I don't know, nothing better to do. Let's let's go at about this, right? This disputing, this complaining, this uh, causing strife, right? this this bickering stuff going on it's a very general use of the term he says do everything without doing that don't do that in your life try to do this better it's also a word now this is more a much more important part it's it's a word about not being double minded with god like like stop second guessing god trust him Trust his word, believe what he says, and stop doubting God. Don't argue with God. Don't complain with God. Don't be tossed by the waves when it comes to God. Like, be determined that he's right, because he is, and you're going to obey because that's what you should do. It has to do with being unstable, right? Right. There's, there's no consistency, there's no solid ground, it's kind of this idea of being entangled in the world, like coming and going, the ways, rushing in, rushing out. Just you, There's nothing solid about it. It's like there's no like firm foundation that you're standing on because everything is an argument. Everything is a grumble. James said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that's kind of the bottom line of what this is. It's an unstable person who does it. Paul is saying, shine, shine like, shine like the North Star. Okay, the North Star, isn't that cool? There's the North Star, right up there. Polaris, Polaris, I'm sorry. Polaris, Polaris, the North Star. One of the most reliable stars in the sky for sailors to follow. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And if you look at that, there's a little dipper, right? We always kind of know it pouring into the Big Dipper, but all every season those, those move based on the rotation of the earth and the seasons and the tilting. So the, the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper appear to move while the North Star apparent, seems to stay in its same place. It doesn't move as much. It's it's constant. It's a constant. It's closer to the earth, the north star is, which is why it's a little more reliable. It's closer to us. It's brighter. We can see it. It's due north. It doesn't change its position in in relationship to the earth's rotation. It's always steady. It's always constant. In all seasons, it's shining bright. That's why Paul says shine bright like the stars in the universe, right? Like the North Star. Secondly, he says, do not grumble or argue in verse 15, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. Now think about those last three words there, children of God. You and I are children of God. We have a Father in heaven and we are We are to shine like stars to represent the one who is the light of the world, right? We are to shine like him, to look like him, to act like him, to represent him in this world. Blameless and pure children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the universe. We're to be his children, we're to act like his children on this earth. He says, without fault, innocent, innocent. Like leaders are called in the Bible to be blameless. You shouldn't be a leader in the church if you are not bl- If people can point at you and say all this bad stuff about your life and your lifestyle, you are not a leader for God. That's not a good place for you to be. we to shine. In John 19, verse 4, Pilate Remember when Jesus was being arrested, he was going to be turned over to the crowd, to the Jews, to crucify him. Pilate said this, I am bringing him out to let you know that I find no basis of charge against him. Jesus is innocent. He's blameless. He's pure. He did nothing wrong. They're just accusing him falsely. A lot of that going on in this world, isn't there? unblemished, a lamb without blemish, right? Unmixed, completely pure, belonging to God who is holy and pure, right? And then he says, in a warped, in a warped and crooked generation, a perverted generation, a twisted nation that's corrupt from the very top. It's corrupt and evil and bent on darkness. It says you shine in the midst of that. You shine. And all of this is tied to joy. Because when you're shining for God, you're shining God's joy to the world. Right? We talked about it last week. The truth is shining through you. Peace—the peace of God—in the midst of chaos—is now shining through you. And when we shine for God, we shine the most powerful force in the universe, living in us and oozing out of us. A key note that he says here is: he says that you may become—you see in verse 15—that you may become blameless and pure. That you are becoming something. You're you're in the process of becoming. The continual work of God is is going on in you. And and, and we're going to continue in Him. He's continuing in us. And there's this process that we're becoming like Him, right? In other words, we are not done. We're not done. We're becoming. And by our intentions and by our devotion to God the pollution in us and the impurities in us are working their way out. We're replacing the junk thought processes of our mind with truth and pure things and everything that is excellent in a passage we read last week, everything that is praiseworthy and and excellent and good and right and true. We're going to think about those things. We're going to push out the junk so that it's so far away from our thinking. Through our worship, through our service, through our sacrifice, and through our suffering, God is being formed in us. Through the fire, we we are being refined by God. And we love it. We love this refining process. We welcome this refining process because we know the strength and the power and the oneness with God our creator that we are going uh, we are having with this and that that we're going to have in the future through this process God is working on us he is being formed in us and the third thing he says in verse 16 is as you hold firmly to the word of life so how do you shine how do you shine well Do everything without grumbling or complaining. How do you shine? Become blameless and pure. Children of God, true children of God. How do you become, uh, 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 how do you shine? You hold on firmly to the word of life. That's what you do, the word of life. The word of life is Jesus, right? We let go of everything else and we hold on to Jesus. We take hold of the one who has taken hold of us. Jesus, the Christ and his truth. And we submit to God in his truth. And we obey Jesus and his word. So Paul shears in this passage right here that we're looking at, three big things about how to shine. Here they are, very simply put. Break it right on down. Attitude, behavior, and dependency. Right? Those three things that we would think right. Our attitude would think, we would think the right way. Train ourselves to think right, that we would act right, our behavior. We would do the right things. We would be about doing what God wants us to do. And that we would depend on Jesus. We would seek Him who is right. Like our dependency is not on the things of this world or the stuff of the planet. We use those things, they're tools to help us, to help others, to give it away. But they're just tool, every bit of it is a tool, and so we depend on Jesus, the one who is right. See, Jesus, He is at work in you, and He's cleaning us up. And then Paul says something uh, interesting as well, verse sixteen. B, he says, then look what he says. <laughs> then I will, Paul. Then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ Jesus, or on the day of Christ, that I did not run or labor in vain. See what Paul says there? Look at that. Paul says, you shine. You shine. Your attitude, and your behavior, and your dependency. And the result of that is Paul is now saying, then I'm going to be able to boast for you. I'm going to be able to boast about you. I'm going to be able to boast on you. Because you're doing it. You're doing what God wants. You're shining for God. See, 1st Paul says, look, I have worked my tail off. He already said that. Remember, we read the passage of Corinthians. I have worked my tail off to bring you the word of God, to bring us to God. Right? Paul's, Paul's alluding to the fact that he suffered for Jesus, that he sacrificed his own life and his own wants for Jesus to bring you and me in, to bring us in on what God is doing. Just like Jesus brought Paul in on what he was doing. Paul is doing everything he can to bring us, the Philippians and you and me and anyone who reads the word of God, to bring us in on what God is doing. See, Paul did everything in his power to bring others in to what Jesus is doing. And you and I should go and do all that we possibly can to bring others in. what God is doing. That's how it works. The apostles did it. The prophets did it. Our forefathers did it. Jesus did it. Paul did this. And now we have the word of truth and we're to go out and do what they have done. And that is bring others in. Secondly, Paul is saying his race with Jesus. Paul's Personal race with Jesus is what's at stake here. That we, you and me, that we would finish His work. That you and I, together, would finish His race. We have a part in His race. You know, in a a relay race, right, in a relay race, usually four runners, they're all going to hold the baton, quarter mile maybe each. And, And the first runner could get out to a great start, be blowing everyone away. But if all four runners don't grab hold of the baton and run well, it doesn't matter how well the first runner ran. If they lose the race, they all lose. If they win the race, they all win. They win together, they lose together, right? If the last last one drops the baton or does not finish, they all fail. See, Paul, what Paul is saying is, Paul is counting on you and he's counting on me to complete the work that he has begun, to finish what Paul has started by living it first. And then by passing it on to others, to the next generation, to your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, to everyone, we have to pass this on. There will be no boasting on the day of Christ until it is finished in you, for Paul. Paul's like, I can't boast. If you don't go out and do it, if you don't go out and share it, if you don't go out and pass it along, So parents, you know, those of you who are parents and maybe grandparents, do you know when you can finally say my work of raising my kids is complete? you know when you can finally say that? I'll tell you when. When your grandkids love Jesus more than anything in this world. When your grandkids love Jesus more. You're getting closer to being able to say, my work at raising my kids is done. Here's the scary truth. How well you raise your children or how well you parent your children and how well your children parent their children will determine your success. So. How well are your kids doing? (laughs) Are your kids parents yet? Mine are. And sometimes we scratch our head. We go, oh my goodness. Where did we go wrong? Right? That's what we say. Where did we go wrong? They're letting their kid get away with that. Where did we go wrong? This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, when you shine, I shine. And then we all shine. And then ultimately, God shines. That's what happens. Ultimately, God shines. Look at verse 17. He says, if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service, and your faith is growing and solid because of it, here's what Paul's saying. It's worth it to me. I will be poured out I will gladly lay down my life if your faith is going to benefit from my sacrifice. That's a very mature, that is a very, very mature outlook of kingdom work and a child of God. Paul is like, for this I am glad and I rejoice together with you. I rejoice at your progress even if I am suffering for your benefit. Paul's attitude, I will give, I will sacrifice, I will suffer, I will serve for your progress. That is insane, isn't it? Paul is saying, I will wear, I will wear my shoes out. I will wear my fingers to the bone for you for you. Just think about think about the people in your life. Think about the people you go to worship with. How many of them are doing this? How many of them are giving and sacrificing? There's always some in the church. There's never enough but there's always a few that are working their fingers to the bone and they're wearing out shoes and they're doing everything that they can and their attitude isn't that's enough. Their attitude is, I wish I could do more. They're Ivy League kind of people, I call them. Ivy League. Because they're always reaching for more. And I hope that we'll want to be a part of that group, that we'll want to do that. That we'll all want to be a part of those who are working their fingers to the bone and wearing their shoes off their feet for the glory of God and for the service of God and that others' faith might benefit from our sacrifice. This is the depth of Paul's sacrificial faith and joy that kind of makes the rest of us look like a bunch of amateurs. Oh, that we would... Adopt and digest and live out this example of Paul's. This is how you shine for Jesus. This is how joy, I bit my tongue. joy is complete. <laughs> this is how it's done. That's what Paul's saying. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. I want to wrap it up with one other passage. Paul says in Philippians 4, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That's cool. Again, it's all through the book. I'm going to just rejoice in God Yeah, I may not rejoice with what's going on in our world. I may not rejoice with what's going on in my own life right now and things that are happening. But I will rejoice in the Lord. Then at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no way or opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstance. This is huge. This is such a mature look on life. Paul is speaking of joy. You know, learning to be content and complaining your way through are not the same thing. Learning to be content in God no matter what and just complaining your way through, those two things are not the same thing. They're not the same. Paul's like, whatever my situation, I'm good. I'm good because God is great. Woo, that's pretty cool, huh? then he says, verse 12, look what he says. I know, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Wow! No matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens in this country, no matter what may come up against me, or what may come up against you, or no matter what attacks may come your way, no matter who says sin is now okay, and and, and, and craziness is is, is okay to to live out. Paul is saying, you can do, you and I can do great things Things as we rejoice in the Lord. Paul saying, You and I can greatly rejoice with Paul in the Lord, that the God of all creation, He's got us. That God has got us. See, verse I can do all this through Him the only way you're going to do it. It's through him who gives me strength. God has our back. God has a plan. God has a way of providing for you. And you can do all this through Jesus, who will give you the strength. And this is all that we will ever need. is the strength of God in us. That's all we'll ever, ever need. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. This is a great joy that will only come in a personal relationship with Jesus, the Messiah. I hope you have Jesus in your life. I hope you've invited him in. If not, start this new year off right. Let Jesus come into your life. Repent of your sins. Just talk to God. Confess him as Lord. Be baptized. Find somebody that that knows that could share what it means to do this. And give your life to Jesus all the way. Be immersed into Christ. Let him wash you clean. Pour out his spirit in your life and let him go to work in you. And what a great new year this will be. Oh, the joy. You guys have a great, great day. Have a great, happy new year. Be safe tonight, and we'll see you next week. The first Sunday of 2024. God bless you guys. Take care.